Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vandeveer here with you, going to be with you for the next uh, hour, taking your calls and questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. Uh, welcome to all our listeners in Colorado and Wyoming listening on, on uh, Grace FM. And of course, uh, Truth FM listeners, Kentucky, North Carolina, Tennessee. Welcome to all of you and uh, our Northeast uh, listeners, Hope FM, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. As always, welcome to you as well. Uh, you heard the number uh, a moment ago, but let me give it to you again so that you can join us on the air, 303-690-3000. That's the number to call no matter where you're at, 303-690-3000. And uh, you can put that in your phone for now or for later. Uh, if you have a moment to give us a call, now is always a great time. We'll get you get the show kicked off with you uh, and your prayer request uh, or your question. Uh, but uh, if you can't join us till later on, just put a note in your phone or Put us in your contacts, Calvary Live, 303-690-3000, and call us. Uh, if you want to text us, there is a different uh, number to do that. Uh, you can text us, and we'll get to as many of those as we can, uh, either on the air or off the air, uh, but 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897, that is the text uh, number. Do me a favor, too. If you can, give me a short uh, one-sentence text of your question or your prayer request. Uh, that way I can digest it uh, while on the air as well and answer as many of those or get to as many of those as we can uh, while broadcasting as well. But uh, Jason Vanderveer with you. As I mentioned just a moment ago, I'm here from time to time. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. I, I love uh, what I do. I've just uh, had the privilege of basically spending the better part of today preparing uh, for Sunday. And uh, we're going to be in the Psalms, uh, continuing in the Psalms. And we are in the 119th Psalm. The 119th Psalm uh, will be in this Sunday. And I had aspirations of maybe doing the entire 119th Psalm, all 176 verses this Sunday. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I might have to do two, three parts. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But we're going to get started on the 119th Psalm as we continue verse by verse this Sunday. You can join us at 9 or 1045 Mountain uh, Standard Time on Sunday. You can get directions, Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com. You can join us uh, throughout the week as well, and we have midweek service Wednesday nights, 7 p.m., Children's Ministry, Youth Ministry. We're continuing in the Song of Solomon, the seventh chapter, uh, on Wednesday nights. But uh, 
My other favorite uh, thing to do is uh, to do this radio program, and I get to do that uh, from time to time, take calls from you and talk to you. And I'd love to have you join me on the program, 303-690-3000 or to text 720-336-0897. You know, I welcomed all of our listeners uh, in different parts of the country, and I want to welcome our streaming listeners, uh, Grace FM uh, listeners that are uh, online. Uh, We've got Inchon South. South Korea, I can I can see here as well as uh, all over the United States. Actually, it's interesting. I mentioned here in the Rocky Mountain uh, region and Northeast and the South, but I see we've got a lot of listeners in the heartland uh, of the U.S. right now as well as over uh, on the West Coast. So welcome uh, Southern California and uh, Washington, Oregon uh, to all of you listening uh, on gracefm.com uh, and uh, appreciate uh, Appreciate all of our listeners, uh, whether listening on a, a traditional radio station or whether joining us online. Again, love to have you join me. Uh, and, and of course, uh, uh, some of you are utilizing the app, uh, the Grace FM app. So uh, uh, for Android or for uh, iPhone uh, users, uh, you'll want to check that out out as well uh, in your uh, in your app store. But uh, how about checking this program out a little bit further? How about giving us a call uh, or, as I said, uh, texting us uh, with your uh, with your call uh, or uh, or texting us with your question or your prayer request. And uh, so uh, one of the text questions uh, that just came in here is uh, regarding uh, legal separation uh, and whether there is a time frame when one spouse is pushing for uh, legal separation. And uh, also then this kind of transitions into a prayer request uh, for, for healing in this, uh, in this relationship, a softening uh, of hearts and a protection uh, of uh, children. Well, let's answer the question uh, briefly, and then let's get to the prayer request uh, for, this, uh, for this listener. But, uh, um, you know, there isn't a time frame in terms of, of legal separation. Um, the Bible seems to address uh, legal separation in First Corinthians chapter seven to a degree, uh, but uh, you know uh, sometimes it is it is uh, uh, a necessity. Uh, sometimes there is uh, there are physical things involved, dangers uh, involved, or or other behaviors that that create the need for actual uh, separation. But I think the goal is is healing. Uh, to get counseling and encouragement uh, from your pastor and in the word and prayer and uh, then to uh, and teaching in the word of God and some time to be healed by the Lord and to be uh, brought back together so there isn't a time limit on that I think really the time constraint on separation is is uh, dependent upon uh, us uh, as uh, you know how much we cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is desiring to do so uh, so I wouldn't uh, say that you know well, separation should be a month or should be a year or, you know, you can't, you, you got to kind of look at it uh, as far as how things uh, are progressing uh, and uh, and then take it from there. Um, there isn't a requirement uh, for separation. I think that a lot of things can be worked out without um requiring that that happens in fact in certain circumstances uh, it, it's better not uh, for that to happen but let's go ahead and pray father we do just uh, lift up this prayer request and uh, lord we do pray for a softening of hearts uh, lord we pray for a healing of of wounds 
Uh, we pray for uh, conviction of, of sin and, and what is right in your word. We pray uh, for the teaching of your word to come into the hearts of all individuals involved, that they would uh, know exactly what you're calling them to do and that they would have the strength uh, by your spirit to, uh, uh, in their spirit to do these things uh, that you're calling them to do. And Lord, we just pray that there would be healing, that, that there wouldn't be uh, even need to be a temporary separation, but if there is one, Lord, that it would be a useful tool. Uh, but Lord, that this marriage would be healed and restored and that it would become uh, that marriage uh, that, uh, that you desire it to be, one that pictures uh, for all who see it, uh, that relationship between Jesus Christ uh, and his church. Lord, we pray for a protection of the children uh, involved and all friends and, and the other collateral damage that often comes as a result of these situations. We pray for peace uh, that passes understanding and uh, holiness in this relationship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I appreciate you giving us the privilege to uh, to pray uh, for your marriage and to pray for that situation and uh, for that person that texted us. God bless you. Uh, let's go to the phone lines, 303-690-3000. Let's go to Tasha in Aurora, Colorado. Tasha, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I just had a question about Exodus um, 424. I wanted to know why the Lord was going to kill Moses. Yeah, so we go to, uh, let me go ahead and get over there. And so uh, Moses comes back. Uh, that's when Moses comes back to, to Egypt there, if you recall the, the context there. And he uh, returns from his father-in-law Jethro just to bring all of our listeners up to speed in chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, he takes his wife and his son and he sets them you know, on a donkey and so forth. And, uh, you know, Moses, Moses is an interesting, uh, is an interesting character when we, um, when we look at his life and, and he didn't always do the right things. And in fact, uh, uh, a lot of times, uh, well, even when he was going to enter into the promised land, he wasn't able to enter into the promised land because he reacted in anger. He misrepresented God. And so the Lord says, you know, you can't enter uh, into the promised land. But here in this situation, uh, he has, uh, I, I like to say that the fire from the burning bush has faded. And, uh, you know, that it, God's voice was clear and it was time to obey. And so the Lord tells Moses in verse 21, he says, uh, when you go back to Egypt, uh, see that you do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I've put in your hand, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. And you, you'll say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel's my firstborn. And he says, I say to you, let my son go. And, and so he gives him all of his instructions. So he prepares him for, for the difficulty ahead. And then it says, and it came to pass on the way at the encampment that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. So the question is, now we're getting to your question, what, what happened here? And it says, but the next verse then, it says, Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at Moses' feet and said, Surely you are a husband of blood to me. So verse 25 then really becomes the key. God get, gives him this responsibility. And then, you know, he sets out on it. And the first thing we're told is that God wanted to kill him, but, but we don't find the answer as far as exactly why unless we, we read further. What happened was Moses had failed to keep the covenant that God had made with Abraham and with his descendants. For that, you've got to go back to Genesis chapter 17. So, so the covenant, the sign of the covenant with Abraham was circumcision. Uh, circumcision wasn't, uh, didn't come into being 
being at Sinai with, with the covenant of the law, it goes clear back to Abraham. And so what happened was is, is that his life, he wasn't in a right relationship with the Lord. God wanted to use him, um, but he needed to purify him. And Moses hadn't circumcised his son. And we realized that he hadn't done that because of his wife's objections. So there are all kinds of problems at this point. As I said, Moses had different points in his life where he had problems, and those problems interfered with his ability to lead, and they always will. And so, so Moses had, had some problems both in his relationship with his wife and, and his relationship uh, with his children, and he hadn't done what God had called him to do um, because of his, his uh, wife's objections. So he was, he was being disobedient uh, to the Lord in order to please his spouse. And so, you know, God has to, you know, a lot of times, well, you you don't always see this, but in order for the Lord truly to work the way that He wants to, He's He's got to get the entire family on board. We see that in the pastoral epistles in Timothy and in places like Titus one six. Now circumcision, you say, well, what's the big deal with with, with circumcision? Well, circumcision is really just a picture of the heart, and and we find that in um, in the New Testament in Romans two twenty nine. So so God. Ultimately, God had to get Moses' heart uh, and, and his family's uh, hearts right. And so uh, what we see in verse 24 is, is that the Lord uh, was prepared to remove Moses and do it another way if Moses wasn't going to get his heart in the game. Uh, not his head in the game, but if he wasn't going to get his, his heart in the game. And so we, we find that detail as to why in, in uh in verses 25 and and 26 there okay thank you so much yeah you bet it's my question yeah it's a real it's uh super interesting i tell you that um when you look at that (laughs) you know that is the right word and uh you know the fear of the lord is a good thing um you know that it it uh we need to remember that we we serve a holy god and and um, you know, you can't just go about doing it any old way. And and yeah. Moses was kind of trying to get away with that, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. God says, nope, yeah. there's time, it's, you're accountable. Either do it the right way or die, you know. And uh, obviously, the Old Covenant uh, uh, was uh, very unforgiving in certain respects, too. Okay. Okay. Thank you so hey, much. You betcha, Tasha. Great question. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Bye. Jason Vanderveer with you here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Brian in Denver. Brian, welcome to the program. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Question I have for you is, I I heard kind of a a Bible study on, like uh, 1 Corinthians Mm 5.11 that talks about, you know, don't keep company, and it kind of gets a whole list. Pretty much from what I'm taking, people that say they're believers, Christians, but act as idolaters or drunkards or, you know, covetous. I mean, all, you know, all the pretty much don't act like a Christian. Right. Does that mean that, again, you would not hang out? Let, let's say it's a family member that is, says they're a Christian, but is not acting as a Christian. Does right. that mean you wouldn't hang out with that person? I mean, God, or, uh, Paul, yeah. you know, don't keep company with no. them. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about this. And and you make an important distinction there. The the, the key word in in First Corinthians five uh, five verse eleven there is brother, 
And so, you know, that that's uh, kind of an important thing to remember and, and a, an important key, uh, Brian, to to keep in mind is, is that he, he's talking about the issue is not with the world, in other words. Paul wasn't, you know, calling believers to live some monastic or separatist lifestyle. He, he was calling for a, a, a pure church to reach that impure world. And so he, he's talking about those who are part of the fellowship uh, of believers who are called brothers. Um, now, they may or may not be true believers, but they claim to be. So anybody that really claims, anyone, not just brother, anyone he says named a brother, so anybody that is either a true believer or at least you know likes to think that they're a believer or is a part of a believer, giving the impression that they're they're believers. So that that that's I think the first distinction that needs to be made. And and basically what he's saying is is that sin in the body can't be tolerated or or condoned. And 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 also by the way, it's not just about you know sexual immorality um there could be other things you know greed and covetousness oh, yeah. Yeah, idolatry covetous, right yeah I mean, revilers extortioners yeah, exactly. right so he gives a, he gives a whole list sometimes i think sure. people think well it's just if somebody's you know living and you know cohabitating with somebody or or something else like that but it, but it, sure. it, it's no, not it's yeah so so the question is now the why and the how you know why exactly and then I think at the heart of your question is how does this practically, you know, work? Family members, especially with family members, it gets a little tricky. So, so, so he says, you know, the question, why not eat with these people? Well, they're to be put out, and when the church puts them out, uh, but you know, then a person goes and spends time with them, they ease the consequences of the action. Um, so, so in other words, they, they've got to be put out. There's got to be separation so that they feel the, the consequences of their behavior and, and they want to allow the Lord uh, to change them. So it, it has to be dealt with uh, in that way, and it has to be something that is consistently uh, dealt with uh, by a unified uh, body. And it can have an, have an effect. And, and if you look in 2 Corinthians chapter Two verses six through eight. It it, it that may be uh, the the result in the case that that Paul was dealing with in the Corinthian church. So let's talk now about family. Uh, the the specific sure. example that 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 you brought up, Brian. You know, so uh, say for example, I have a, a a family member, and you know, this family member is is claims to be a believer, but it, but is. Um, you know, uh, uh, living in sin, you know, yeah. and, and is living in a way that's contradictory. Now, you know, I've got to make sure that, and it's a little bit trickier with a family member, you know, so, so if you just have somebody in the church, you, you don't really have to have a lot of contact with that person, sure. and the church doesn't yeah. have to have the contact with them. But as a family member, there are going to be times when you are going to have contact with them. In other words, mm -hmm. you may see that person at holidays, and sure. yep. you, you you know, or or other, yeah. yeah there, there, it's in, it's inevitable. There are going to be mm -hmm. times, and there may be other family members that don't share your faith, and so you know, they're they're making their own decisions that put you then in the same, you know, uh, uh, contact with this person. What we have to do as believers is just kind of take each interaction with that person. Um, you know, before the Lord, and just make sure that the essence of the command is what we're what we're doing. 
In other words, that we're not somehow condoning their sin uh, or, or um, you know, easing their sin in such a way that God can't do a work in their heart. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. So it's it, and primarily the context of this isn't isn't really in families either. The the context of this is more the church. And so, you know, what, what you have in the church is, is that the church has got to make a decision and say, you know, if you're going to continue living this lifestyle, you, you can't be a part of the fellowship. You know, you're going to need to leave until you either repent or, you know, whatever the Lord deals with you, but you can't continue in the fellowship. It's not so much saying that, you know, as a believer, you can't see, you know, your brother Literal, literal brother who you know, flat, you know, blood, uh, who who claims to be a believer, but uh, but uh, you know, is not walking as a believer. It's 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 not saying, well, you know, you you can't have anything to do with that person. You have to disown them. Now that said, there are going to be certain limitations on that relationship because you know, again, you don't want to condone what they're doing, and you don't want to ease somehow what the Lord is you know, the consequences of what they're doing um, to kind of circumvent the work that the Lord's trying to do in their life. So you just have to take, you know, that kind of uh, interaction, you know, maybe it's one of those things where you can't really have the kind of fellowship that you want with that person anymore, uh, you know, or at least until they repent. It's not as though you don't speak to them or have zero contact with them. You just can't have that fullness of relationship with them or interaction with them. So, like I said, I mean, I guess I'll get this way. So if, again, I know they're, like, if he's living with his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. no plans on getting married. Yep. And I take that, or, you know, don't keep company with people that say that. So, I mean, he fits that description. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's go hang out this weekend. Yeah. uh, Or why don't you, you know, come over to our house and hang out and whatever. I mean, that means, like, it's okay. Okay, you're saying that? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you have to take each thing before the Lord, and and in that case, you know, if somebody, if 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 he if he's saying, you know, look, it's it's Christmas, and we're all getting together, you know, at the parents' house, yeah, the and you're going to be there. That's more, one. That's one yeah, thing. More, but yeah, yeah, but if you're talking about, you know, hey, uh, I want to hang out with you, and I want that benefit no, of that relationship, maybe you say, you know, look, no, you know, you're you're not right with the Lord, and and. We're not really going to be able to be in fellowship. I'm not going to come and, you know, and and and, you know, and acknowledge, you, you know, your lifestyle at your house when you're, you know, you're living in sin. You know what I mean? And so you may have to take hard stands. And I know, um, you know, quite a few believers too that have said, you know, and, and again, it, it it's tricky. And and a lot of times, it, you know, it, it, as you get older, and I don't know if you have children or adult children, but mm-hmm. but you know, then it gets tricky too. So say you have adult children or grandchildren yeah. even, okay. and so you can't, you, you don't disown your your family, but yet you've got to draw very clear lines as far as what behaviors you'll accept and and whether you know they're living with somebody, and if you're going to allow them to you know come and bring that into your home. And so, yeah, you have to pray about each situation and and you need to do what the Lord tells you to do in that situation. But in some of those situations, you very well may realize or may come to the conclusion, yeah, no, I, I, I can't spend in that context time with this person. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And, and I can't, you know, I guess what I'm telling you is 
is is that you've got to take the situation and if you feel conviction about that situation you need to go with that uh but we can't really say each and every situation because there might i could see some situations where you would uh spend time with that person but i could see a lot of situations where you wouldn't at least where i wouldn't sure you yeah know? i guess i'm thinking more for me it's like okay well i don't yep. want to like I said, just kind of, I know this is going on, just dismiss yep. it. And no, yeah, you know, yeah. but you know, I guess at the same time, you're like, well, what, you know, what, why, you know, I guess yep. it's gonna, it's gonna shock him. I guess it's gonna shock him. Like, why would you not want to come over because I'm yeah. living with my girlfriend? And that but shock the, is good. I don't want to go against God either. And God says, you know, don't yep. keep company with. So I, I guess I kind of feel like kind of torn in the middle. It's like, yeah, I still want to see my brother and hang out with my brother, but at the same time, I don't want to like go yeah. against what God's saying to do either at the same well, time. And I think that that's an opportunity for a conversation to say, look, you know, you, you claim to be a believer, but this is what you're doing. And, and the Bible's very clear, you know, uh, on, on, uh, on, on fornication. It, it, it's, not, uh, it's not unclear in the slightest. And so, you know, if that's, if that's the lifestyle you're choosing, then, you know, I, I, can't, I can't even in the remotest way show approval for that, you know. And, and you don't want to because, you see, if he's doing that, but then he feels like he's comforted in that, you know, by mm -hmm. believers, like, hey, it's okay. Then, then you know, we lessen that pain that he would feel as from the Holy Spirit that might cause sure. him to change. That's that's the whole point. Is is that there should be a sense of pressure in his life as a believer from the Spirit, and that he should be able to respond to that. But if we come in and we mess with that, then he doesn't feel that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that, no, I, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty cut and clear, you know. Yeah, it's just know, hard. It's, not, it's just hard with yeah. family. It's very. It's it's. You know, it's very, it, it's pretty clear, though not always practiced properly, when it comes to people who aren't family. It gets kind of tricky when, you know, you've got family and, and there are certain ways in which you would interact with family that wouldn't be condoning their sin. Um, and again, it's not in the context of the church, it's in the context of the family. Uh, but then, you know, there's certain other cases where very clearly it still applies, you know, so. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let me pray for you, Brian, because sure. uh, at the end of it all is uh, is wisdom from the spirit that will show you how to navigate this. And, um, you know, we can all feel for you because we all have um, at different times in our lives. We all experience that with different family members. And it's it's very difficult. Father, I just thank you for Brian. I I pray, uh, Lord, first of all, for his brother, Lord, I pray that you would uh, um Lord, that you would you would work on his heart, Lord, that there there would be a sense where he is uh, somewhat uh, separated from the benefits of the body, um, and that he would feel that pressure uh, to change that conviction of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray for Brian for wisdom, uh, both to know how to be a brother, uh, but also to know how to be a brother in the Lord, and and to uh, to speak about things that are wrong, and and not to comfort. Uh, his brother uh, in in this position, and so just give him wisdom, Lord. Uh, you tell us that when we lack wisdom, to ask uh, you for wisdom, and and that you will give us wisdom from above. And so we just pray for that wisdom uh, from above, uh, Lord, for Brian, and and to guide him and to help him navigate this situation. And in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank hey, you. I I appreciate you calling in, and uh, you know, as you as the Lord speaks to you and gives you some wisdom and insight. Uh, 
do us a favor and give us a call back and and uh, I'd love to just kind of hear what you've learned and what the Lord's shown you as you've as you've kind of prayed about this okay hey God bless you yep you too uh-huh. take care Bye-bye. Brian see ya let's go to Joseph 303-690-3000 is the number let's go to Joseph in Parker Joseph welcome to the program hey hey I recognize that voice how you doing <laughs> good how are you good what's on your mind um, is, is, is there a bad echo? Uh, I have a little echo. Do you have your radio on? Uh, yeah, sorry. I think I think I, I think I got it now. That sorry was probably that. you sound great now. So it was probably the radio delay that we were hearing. What's what's okay. going on, Joseph? So I have a I have a question really quick, um, and it's in regards to in Ezekiel um, when it's talking about uh, it's it's God speaking and He's saying. Um, you know, I'll be the, uh, during the millennial, speaking of the millennial reign, right. I'll be the Lord, their God. And, uh, David, my servant will be prince over them. And David, my servant will be king over them. Um, and I, I, I had kind of spoke to some other people about that and they took that to literally mean that David is resurrected. Uh-huh. Um, okay. set that over. but I didn't really, I, I don't know. I don't really see that. Yeah, no, I, I get it, Joseph. Hey, do me a favor. Hang with me because we got to take a short break here, and then let's talk the, about the Prince of Ezekiel uh, when we get back. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome back. Jason Vandeveer here with you on Calvary Live. Uh, for those of you who uh, are not familiar with uh, myself and Calvary Chapel and Parker, the church that I pastor, you can find more information about us, calvarychapelparker.com, and uh, we'd love to have you come and join us. Love to have you join us uh, on this program here, 303-690-3000. We're talking to Joseph, uh, and Joseph was asking uh, about the prince uh, in Ezekiel 44 and uh, 45, also 46 as well, uh, we see uh, uh, the prince uh, as well. So the question, Joseph, then is, you know, who who is the prince? Uh, you know, and uh, he basically, just looking at, at 44, 1 through 3, um, you know, we see him entering the sanctuary and, uh, you know, uh, the gate is shut and won't be open. No man can enter by it because the Lord God of Israel is entered by it. Therefore, it's shut. But the prince, because he's the prince, he can sit and eat bread and enter by way of the vestibule, the gateway, and go out the same way. It's interesting because a lot of people, uh, uh, even there's a story in Israel that um, that the uh, the Shoshan Gate, the beautiful gate, which is sealed uh, on the eastern side, <clears throat> of the Temple Mount and has a graveyard in front of it. Uh, A lot of people mistook uh, this passage in Ezekiel that the prince is the Messiah and he's going to enter that gate. And so some say that the the Muslims uh, built their cemetery, which is right in front of that gate, uh, because no 
uh, religious Jew or or priest or or Messiah or anything would walk through a uh, a graveyard, and so therefore the story is that they tried to prevent the Messiah from going through that gate. But I can tell you that they didn't need to build a cemetery there because this isn't talking about the Messiah. Ha! Problem solved. I could have saved them so much work. Um, <laughs> it, it first of all, the prince is not the Messiah, and and the reason that we know he's not the Messiah. Number one, he has sons. Uh, Ezekiel forty six sixteen. Number two, in Ezekiel forty five twenty two, he makes a sin offering for himself. So he's a man with normal offspring and even sin uh, that he makes offering for himself. So, so this. So then the question is, who is the prince? Some some people think that he's a descendant of David, um, and that's quite possible. Uh, but we're not told that he has to necessarily be a descendant of David, uh, or uh, that he is somehow David. Uh, you know. Um, uh, resurrected. I, I, it wouldn't be a resurrection because it would be a resuscitation. You, you know what I mean? And so, sure. yeah. And and I don't think it, it, it it's David because at, at that point David would have been resurrected, and that would be kind of a demotion for David uh, to have been able to be in a resurrected body. But uh, but now he's in a resuscitated body uh, somehow instead. Uh, during the millennial reign. Uh, I would just suggest to you that there's no evidence uh, for that at all. Um, there's no indication that he has to be a descendant of David, but uh, 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 it's quite possible. But what we do know is, is that he is, he is like this regent, this uh, under Christ the king. He's a human regent under Christ the King, and, and, and that's as far as we can really go uh, in, in describing him. But we know that he's not the Messiah, and, uh, and there's nothing that indicates that somehow it's, it's David, you know, resuscitated or, or anything like that. Um, we know that when it talks about the Messiah, uh, he, he is the fulfillment of God's promise to David, not that David would somehow be in his former body ruling and reigning alongside of him. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, yeah. it was, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just one of those things. And so, uh, <laughs> so the, the, the chapter references that you had were, yeah. uh, 44, 40, 45, 44, 45, 46, specifically okay. 46, 16, 45, 22. Okay. Yeah, take a look okay. at those and awesome. take a look at those and see what see see what you think uh, about that. But okay. of course, of course, it's off and on. You know, talking about it, it talks about the prince there in like forty four one through fourteen, but then it switches over and it's talking about like the priests in the uh -huh. uh, in the millennial temple, right? Then it goes back yeah. to talking about the prince. So so he's kind of woven in that those three chapters there. Okay, because okay. I had uh, yeah, I had kind of. I had seen, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a little, it was a little tricky because uh, you know it's it's talking about prince and it uses prince and and king earlier yep. in, in Ezekiel too. Yeah, um, like my servant David mm -hmm. will be prince, and yep. then they'll be they'll have one shepherd over them, and mm -hmm. and so yeah, it was just kind it's, of uh, kind it's of confusing. Tough. Yeah, because the Messiah is called elsewhere the Prince, right? You know, right. Even, even in the Book of Ezekiel. So, so, but that's not to be confused with Messiah the Prince with this earthly kind of you know vice regent, this 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 human Prince. 
um, okay. that 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 is being described in this section. Yeah, there's uh, there's some tricky things, particularly in that part of Ezekiel, uh, uh -huh. when, when we're dealing with the millennial temple and the millennial reign. Okay. And, yeah. And then um, the uh, I I I was also kind of wondering. So in during the millennial reign, it's the three countries, right? Uh, like Egypt, Assyria, and Israel, and right, and, well, and that's as far as in existence, or 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 how how do you uh, like the the, uh, the the big like the big kingdom? Yeah, the... you have basically you have all really. It's it's it, the focal point is is Israel at that time, but yeah, you have mention of of Egypt you have mention of many other kingdoms actually at that time and, and and basically it's it's the kingdoms of the world that that are in existence after the the tribulation period um so you know or uh, and sometimes in being referenced in ancient terms right because there's obviously no no Assyrians today but Assyria is basically Turkey and northern Iraq um, okay. you, you know, geographically speaking today. So, uh -huh. so Southern Turkey, Northern Iraq, so, uh, Kurdistan and all that. So, uh, would this, yeah. would this David figure only have like regency over, over just Israel then? No, cause like it, geographically Israel. Yeah. Because as you look at it here, uh, well, we're not told if he has necessarily a, a, a limited kingdom of sorts, but I, I wouldn't think that it's limited because remember now the Messiah is ruling, uh, you know, over the whole world at that time from Jerusalem or from Zion. So if he's really kind of a, a, a figure under Christ, it's quite conceivable then that the scope of, of the kingdom, that's really the entire kingdom of Christ, uh, is part of his, you know, responsibility or dominion. But but that's interesting because when you think about the millennial reign of Christ, you realize that all believers are ruling and and reigning with Christ at this time. And so there is responsibility that you're going to have and and I'm going to have your responsibilities will be far greater than my responsibility. <laughs> you know, I I will uh I I I will get uh, probably the area uh you know of North Parker or something and you know why you may have all of Colorado or the Rocky Mountain region, you know, or who knows. But uh but we're going to all be ruling and reigning in Christ and so I would suggest to you that this prince is ruling uh and reigning with Christ during that time over Christ's entire kingdom. That, okay, and then that's—I I don't want to take up too much, but that brings up another interesting thing, too, because it talks about, you know, uh, the—with, uh, with, you know, ruling and reigning, uh -huh. and, and, and that—it it kind of begs the question, who would the—who would, like, the priesthood of believers, who would they be ruling and reigning over? Well, again, you've got to remember that this is the millennial reign uh, of Christ, and so there are people still living on earth that come out of the, the Great Tribulation period. Um, and there is, at the end of the Great Tribulation, Jesus talks about in Matthew 24, the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And that's the judgment that, that determines who enters in their current bodies into the millennial reign of Christ. In other words, they're, they're continuing on, and they uh, are uh, living in their bodies, they're having children, 
children. They're living much longer, but there still is death even uh, during that time. So there are people that actually uh, come out, believers, that, that come out of the tribulation alive in their current bodies and also go through that judgment of the sheep and the goats. The goats are going to await the great white throne judgment, but believers who, who populate the millennium uh, and uh, from, from all the nations uh, that are actually flowing uh, to worship the Messiah, as the scripture describes. And so, so believers who have already uh, been raptured or who have died uh, in Christ and are now in their resurrected bodies are ruling and reigning with Christ, as Revelation 20 talks about. Okay. Yeah, so, so okay. yeah, it's an interesting, there's a lot of parts. <laughs> Yeah. A lot, a lot of parts to this millennial thing, which, uh, as you've realized, being with us on Sunday mornings, uh, it is amazing how the Book of Psalms, which we're going through right now, how much of the millennium is dealt with in the Book of Psalms. Fascinating, right? Yeah, yeah, that's been uh, been exciting to see. So, I hope that uh, clears up a few things for you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely have a, a lot more to go over, go over with that. But, yeah. Uh, but thank you very much. Well, you bet, Joseph, and uh, and God bless you. Okay, God we'll bless you. We'll see you soon. See you soon. 303-690-3000. Jason Vandiver with you here on Calvary Live. That's the number to call if you want to join me on the air. All lines are open. All lines open. 303-690-3000. And we will get you on the program here. I want to invite you out to Calvary Chapel Parker uh, to join us. Uh, you can you can join us uh, on uh, as early as this weekend, Sunday, uh, 9 or 1045. You can get directions at calvarychapelparker.com. Uh, but we're continuing in the book of Psalms. We will be starting... Um, you know, I was thinking, I crazy. Uh, I was thinking, you know, maybe I could do the 119th Psalm in one sitting. It's only 176 verses, and uh, I don't think it's going to happen. But we're going to start the 119th Psalm uh, and looking forward to to get. It's amazing. I can tell you, I'm so excited about that. I'd love to have you join us for worship uh, and study of the Word of God. If you can't join us on the weekend, join us online, CalvaryChapelParker.com. You can watch uh, or listen to uh, messages through the entire Bible, including all of our current messages. You can join us Wednesday night in the Song of Solomon, uh, the seventh chapter this week at 7 p.m. on Wednesday nights. Uh, a lot of uh, resources online and a lot of things you can take advantage of uh, at the church. But how about taking advantage of this program, 303-690-3000. And uh, let's go to some of our uh, uh, text uh, questions here. There's a question, uh, what text type is uh, more reliable? And uh, so likely the question is... Uh, in in uh, reference to um, uh, Bibles and translations uh, of Bibles, there are there are uh, a lot of factors that most people don't realize uh, that go into translating. Uh, the Bible from original languages. Uh, they include what uh, what group of texts are used, uh, and that's really in relationship to the uh, New Testament, whether it's the uh, uh, the Byzantine text or the Alexandrian text, the majority text or the Alexandrian text, or uh, and then there is you know what type of translation, whether it's word for word or 
thought for thought. Then there is the, the grade level of the translation. Um, a lot of your translations are at about, uh, most people may not realize this, are right around in like a ninth, tenth grade, eighth, ninth, tenth grade level vocabulary. So what type of, of vocabulary uh, level is, is being chosen? Uh, and uh, there are a lot of really good translations out there that fall into uh, both of these categories. If you're looking for kind of a word-for-word -word, uh, translation, uh, the New King James translation is a, a, is a very good translation. Uh, your NIV is more of a thought-for-thought uh, thought translation. NIV at about a ninth uh, grade level. NIV using the Alexandrian group of texts uh, for the New Testament. Uh, the New King James using the, major the Texas Receptus. Uh, so uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that go in. Uh, I would say that some of your best translations out there right now, um, I like the, uh, I've always liked the New King James. The ESV, the English Standard Version, is also a, a, a very good uh, translation as well. Some people like the NLT, the New Living Translation. Um, I think that any one of those uh, would probably be at the top of my list. New King James is my preference because I've used it for so long. Then probably next, the, uh, the ESV the English, English Standard Version. So I hope that uh, is helpful. Uh, but again, uh, some of that is going to be uh, some of that is going to be preference. Uh, another question uh, regarding the uh, Nephilim uh, in uh, Genesis uh, chapter six, and uh, that's uh, uh, the Nephilim uh, are obviously a fascinating uh, group of people that that we get uh, uh, a lot of of questions about you know are the nephilim uh men are they uh spiritual beings you know what exactly uh who who exactly uh are the nephilim i think the important thing to remember is is that the context of genesis 6 6 there is the the level of wickedness uh that uh that arose at the time before the flood and then when you get into verse 2 it talks about the the sons of God. The the uh, um, the sons of God uh, saw the the daughters of men that they were beautiful. They took wives for themselves of all that they chose. So the question is, who are the sons of God? Uh, some say descendants of Seth. Some say uh, uh, you know uh, they have other ideas, uh, but uh, uh, about that. But I would say that the idea here is that these are ungodly marriages that that corrupted men i would suggest to you that uh, that the sons of god uh are are uh, fallen angels uh, and uh, that there is this unnatural union uh, that that produces uh, very strange uh, offspring, and so then uh, then you come to this uh, to this offspring that is that is produced these uh, uh, people of unusual uh, stature and uh, and unusual ability. So uh, as we we talk about. The Nephilim, which is the word for giants in that passage, um, it can mean giants or or fallen ones. Uh, I would say that it is the result of the union of the daughters of men and demons who produced a, a very 
very exceptional uh, race of, of individuals. So anyway, I hope that that uh, helps you a little bit in regard to, uh, in regard to the, uh, the Nephilim uh, of uh, Genesis chapter 6, the giants of, uh, of Genesis chapter 6. Uh, let's go to the phones, 303-690-3000. Let's go to 10 uh, in Maryland. 10, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you this evening? Good. Thanks for joining me. Um, thank you. Yeah, what's uh, on your mind? Me. I have a prayer request and a question. Okay. So the question was about um, prayer mm-hmm. um, because I have questions about how we pray. I know what the Bible says about Jesus advising mm-hmm. um, his disciples to pray, mm-hmm. and um, he advised them to say Father, and he taught them the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. But in like small prayers, blessings of food, like prayers where you're asking for healing, do you ask for forgiveness of your sins before you pray so that God can hear your prayer, mm-hmm. or does he hear your prayer like regardless? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, and, I don't and, know if there has to be an extended length. You right. Talk about prayer closet and talking to God in their special prayer language. So I'm yeah. very kind of curious about that as it relates to praying for healing for people. Sure. And and I here's uh, some let's kind of provide some general information about prayer that from the scripture um, that uh, that should kind of help out a little bit. First of all, when we talk about the Lord's Prayer, it's really like you pointed out, it's the disciples' prayer. And and it's not really meant to be a, a literal prayer that you pray, although you can do that. Um, but really, Jesus designed that as a framework of prayer. And so, in other words, you can use that as kind of a guide uh, to take you through the different aspects of your life uh, when you're just going before the Lord to pray. But there are times when you may only have a moment. Um, in fact, the Bible tells us to uh, to pray with without ceasing, and so uh, you know you're not praying, uh, you know, without ceasing, and in, in necessarily in the framework of the Lord's prayer. By the way, Paul says that in First Thessalonians five seventeen. So a lot of times you're just uttering prayers, and some of the prayers that we see in the Bible are as simple as Lord help. You know, uh, just a couple of words or Lord, uh, save me, you know, or, or it's perfectly reasonable to, to sit down and just to pray, Lord, bless this food. I, I, I thank you so much for providing it for me. And I pray that you'd strengthen, uh, strengthen my body with it and give me the strength, you know, to, to serve you. And, and I thank you that I, that I have food. And so you're not necessarily, as you point out, you know, uh, going before the Lord and confessing, you know, your sin. There, there is a time and a place uh, for that. And, and those, that would be something that is a part of, you know, just your regular prayer, that time in the morning and then the evening when you go before the Lord and you pray. But, um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, there's times when you're just praying for specific things, you know, where you might be going into an important meeting at work or, or a, a, a conflict or a difficult situation. You just pray, Lord, give me wisdom. You know, something as, mm. as as quick as as that, because that's all you have in that moment, you know, or, or you're on the road and and, you know, your your car is happened to me one time is is sliding, you know, toward the side of a bridge 
and oh. you know in 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 the snow and and in the ice and it's you know lord save me lord help me you know and uh give me traction and so you know it, it sometimes prayers are are very quick and very succinct and we shouldn't think that that um that that's any less of a prayer or that we have to somehow fit that into a framework um you know in every single instance oh that's very helpful thank you yeah. so much for that yeah you bet um, so Go ahead. And so you said you had a prayer request too, though, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, my son had a knee injury, and the doctors have not been able to diagnose how or, or what, where um, uh, the fluid is coming from that's on his knee. Um, he didn't have an acute um, injury to cause it. Um, and though they've taken x-rays, they haven't been able to find anything, but his leg is still swollen. So they've only been able to, they've given him steroids and asked him to stay off of it. However, there's not a diagnosis and we don't know how to reduce the swelling in his knee other than the ice packs. Yeah. Um, the next stop is to go to an orthopedic uh, doctor. Um, but in the meantime, you know, God can heal anything, um, mm. anytime, miraculously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm just praying for healing for his knee. Let's do that. What's his first name? Akil. Uh, Akil, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you spell it so I make sure I say it right? Uh, A K I L. A K. Okay, great. That's what I thought I heard. I just wanted to make sure. Let's let's pray, Tan, for him uh, right now. Then, Father, we, I just thank you so much for Tan's call and just the chance to talk to her. And, and Lord, we do just lift up her her son Akil. We just pray uh, that you would just be with him and. And, Lord, give him a peace through this. Obviously, you know, you've allowed this in his life. And, Lord, we know that you say in your word that all things are working together for good for those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. And so, Lord, we know that all things means even things like this. And so, Lord, we just pray that you would use it for your glory, that you would use it to uh, accomplish things that are unseen as yet. And Lord, we do pray that uh, in the process, Lord, of time, though, that uh, that there would be, uh, and, and through your work, that there would be healing or uh, that there would be a, a direction, that there would be understanding, that you would uh, bring wisdom to the doctors uh, that, they're, that they're with to know uh, not only what is going on, but the right treatment for that. And uh, Lord, that uh, you would just, uh, that you would work. And in the meantime, uh, while they're waiting for all of that to happen, that there would just be perfect peace and, and perfect patience. Patience, and actually, that that Lord, that you would even use this as only you can uh, to bring uh, both Akil and his mom uh, closer uh, to you. Lord, we we thank you even for these things, and and we we thank you for getting us to the place where we can even praise you uh, in the midst of trials. And so, Lord, we do praise you. We we give you the glory, even though uh, we don't confess uh, to uh, to necessarily uh, enjoy hardship. Um, Lord, we don't, we're not asked to, uh, we're just asked to endure. And so I just pray that you give them the strength to endure uh, in Jesus name. We pray. Thank Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much for your prayer. You bet. Answering my question. Yeah. I appreciate you. Appreciate bless. you calling. God bless you guys there in Maryland. Take care. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. That is the number to call. We've got a few minutes left. Time to take uh, some more questions. All lines uh, are open. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call if you want to join me uh, here on Calvary Live. I'm Jason Vanderveer, the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, uh, Colorado, and you can join us uh, as soon as this Sunday at Calvary Chapel uh, for service. Uh, just 
just uh, going through the book of Psalms. We'll be starting the 119th Psalm. Got a text question here, uh, Chris from Greeley, and he has a question regarding uh, suicide and if a person who has uh, committed suicide uh, uh, can still go to heaven. What does the Bible have to say? Well, what the Bible has to say about that is, is that there is only uh, one unpardonable sin. And the unpardonable sin is not uh, 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 is not suicide, uh, but attributing the uh, works of God uh, to Satan. And so, you know, when we look in the Scripture, we don't see uh, that it says, "Well, you know." And and by the way, this is uh, this is a product of uh, you know certain religious uh, teachings that have basically said, well, that suicide is a sin, and therefore, in Catholic doctrine in particular, if you commit a sin at time of death, then you don't, uh, in that doctrine, you don't go to heaven. But, um, but that's a misunderstanding of what salvation is. Salvation is uh, that all our sins, past, present, and future, are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, uh, and that would I- I- include uh, someone taking their life. Now, there's a whole host of other things that have to be talked about. You know, if someone comes to that place where they uh, are going to end their life, obviously that's wrong. That's a sin that is only, you know, God's to, to choose and, and to do. Uh, but, uh, but, um, but God can still forgive that, assuming that person truly has a relationship with Jesus Christ. So uh, for those who are out there listening right now, if this is something that is on your mind and on your heart, please, please, please uh, speak to someone. Speak to someone at your local church or call this program or call Calvary Chapel Parker or call Calvary Chapel Aurora or another uh Bible teaching church in your area and get some encouragement or the suicide prevention hotline or or somebody just reach out to somebody uh, a police officer somebody but but uh, but please uh, don't don't stay silent in your situation but uh, but for those who uh, you know unfortunately have made those decisions and for whatever reason um, yes there is there is forgiveness uh, even uh, for that and 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 the Bible doesn't indicate uh, that certain sins can't be prevented by the way uh, suicide prevention hotline 800-273-8255 like I said please call a a local church uh, or call that number uh, if you're if you're having uh, issues with that Um, we have another call here from Matthew, but I don't think we're going to really be able to get to Matthew, but it looks like Matthew has a prayer uh, uh, request to save his marriage. I'm going to pray really quickly uh, for that so we can all join in. Father, we do lift up Matthew to you, and uh, we just pray for he and his wife. Lord, we pray for healing. Uh, Lord, we do pray that you would just uh, save and, and, and heal that marriage, bring them back together, just work as only you can. We pray for a miracle, Lord, that you would work, and we pray for comfort and, and softening of their hearts, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, God bless you, Matthew. God bless all of you listening today online uh, and uh, Grace FM, Truth FM, Hope FM listeners. It's been a great Friday uh, afternoon and into the evening now with all of you. Calvary Live will be back uh, on Monday. Jason Vandiver uh, with you. It's been a pleasure. Join me this weekend at Calvary Chapel Parker. Uh, Good night and God bless you.
You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.